Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. Before we get started in today's video, don't forget to join our free Facebook community. Get real answers to real credit questions. Learn from some of the experts in our industry, as well as from other people that are in similar situations that are taking advantage of the free content, improving their credit, and making their credit situation better. Hope to see you guys on the inside. So could debt collectors be out of a job coming November 29th? There are some changes on the horizon. It doesn't look good for them. How does this affect you as a consumer or even as a, as a debtor if you owe a, a, an agency money? We're going to talk about that plus a whole lot more on today's next episode of The Joe Credit Show. So what I'm talking about here is Regulation F that goes into effect. On November 30th, that is when Reg F goes into effect, and it is the proposed rules that are put together by the CFPB on the debt collection industry. Now, in order for, for debt collectors to safely collect the debt, creditors need to do some, some things before uh, passing the, the, uh, the unpaid debt to a third-party debt collector. So we're going to look into what behind the scenes, you know, what does that look like for the debt collector? What is that process supposed to be? And why a lot of debt collectors are really scared about this and don't know what to do. So let's talk a little bit about the creditor debt collector relationship or like the bank and third party collection agency kind of what that relationship looks like and why this has the collection agency kind of spooked. So the CPB is going to require that debt collectors send a validation notice prior to pursuing the debtor. So before they can begin making phone calls, sending collection letters, there's a notice that they have to send to every consumer or every debtor before they begin pursuing collection efforts. So the model validation notice, which is basically the, the way the CPB wants the, the notice to be set up, it's supposed to include the following details. So the last statement date, the charge off date, the last payment date, the transaction date, and the judgment date if applicable. Now, this information a debt collector can, can only get from an original creditor. Um, so let's break these down a little bit more. What do, what do these things mean and how possible is it going to be for a debt collector to get this information from the original creditor? So the last statement date. So this is the date of the last periodic statement. So when was that last statement generated? If you have a credit card that you, you pay monthly, each and every month there's a statement that is generated. So the debt collector is going to need from the original creditor what was that last statement date. Um, so it could be in a written account statement. It could be an invoice. If it's, if it's a non-credit card account, it could be an invoice that was provided to, to the consumer. Let's say there was like a service-based company, maybe like a, like a roofing company that provided service to a consumer and the consumer didn't pay for the service. What was the date of that invoice that was generated to that consumer to let them know that you know, they had a, a balance that, that, that was due? So just the dates in this, in this sense is, is what's needed to be on that model validation notice. Now, a little side note here, uh, a statement that is generated from a, a previous debt collector is not acceptable. So let's say that there was an original credit card company, let's just say Capital One, they then sell that debt off to, let's say, Midland Funding. Midland Funding doesn't collect the debt. They then sell that debt to like ABC Joe Schmo Collection Agency. 
that new collection agency cannot use that statement date from Midland. It's got to come from the original creditor. What was the last statement date with the original creditor? Now, charge off date. So this is the date that the debt was charged off. Now, what charge off means, it's basically written off the books as a loss or an uncollectible debt from that original creditor. So for example, again, picking up on picking on Capital One for a bit, if you don't pay Capital One for a period of 180 days, typically six months, um, before they get rid of that debt or sell it to a debt collector, they will then write it off their own books that they lost that revenue. And so it becomes a, a loss for them that they claim on their taxes. Um, so they somehow you know, recoup some of that loss, some of that money in the form of a tax credit from, from the IRS. Um, so that charge off date, that, that date, again, not the amount, but the date of when that account was charged off. So this is a fixed date that, that will never change. Um, it's not the placement date, which the date is, which the date of the debt is placed with a new agency. So it's not the date that Midland funding in that example picked up that account. That's not the charge off date, or it's not the date that Midland funding, when they sold it to a collection agency, it's not that date either. Again, it's the original charge off date needs to be on that validation notice. Um, and this date needs to be provided to that debt collector before they proceed with collection effort even a step further, not only provided, but they have to send out that validation notice to the consumer that has that charge off date listed. Now, last payment date. So this is the date that there was a last payment that was made and applied towards the debt. So this can be the last payment made to the original creditor. It could be the last payment made to a third party debt collector. Um, and this date is important because it does alert the credit bureaus as to when that item is scheduled to be removed from their credit report. So the last statement date is actually key because a lot of people believe that negative accounts just fall off the credit report like seven years from the date that the account was open or seven years from when the debt collector um, had, had got the debt. It, it's seven years from the date of last payment. And so that's why I'm glad they put that in there, which is the, the you know, if the payment has been made to a third party debt collector, because for example, again, Capital One, let's say you, 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 you don't pay Capital One, they charge the debt off, they give it to Midland Funding. Midland Funding pursues collection efforts. After about a year, they finally hear from you and you set up a payment arrangement with Midland Funding. Let's say you owe them 2000 bucks and you're gonna pay back, you know, you're gonna pay back your debt, maybe at like $100 a month for 20 months, whatever it is. And let's say five months in, you fall in hard times, you, you, you can't pay the bill anymore, you stop paying Midland Funding. Well, guess what? That original last payment date was with Capital One maybe three years ago. And since you stopped making payments with Midland funding, that like fifth payment, it now moves your last payment date from two or three years ago to like, you know, now, you know, you know, well, basically it sets that date of when that seven year mark will kick in, sets it back about two or three years because your last payment date moved from two or three years ago with Capital One to more recent here with this collection agency. Transaction date, it's another date that has to be included on the model debt validation notice. So the transaction date is the date that the loan or the service or the goods, you know, were originated and provided to the consumer. So this date also must be provided to the debt collector so they can 
and put it on their validation notice. If it's a loan, when did the uh, account originate? When, when, when did the loan first originate? Um, if it's a service or a good provided, when was it provided? That information has to be provided to a debt collector from the original creditor in order for them to, you know, generate that model validation notice and then pursue collection effort. And lastly, the judgment date. This is the date of the final court ordered judgment. So if the, you know, if the consumer ends up getting sued over the unpaid debt and, you know, the creditor wins in court, gets a default or gets a judgment in their favor, basically that's the judge saying, yep, you know, the consumer owes this debt and, and, and is required to pay it back X amount, whatever it is. Um, if, if the creditor wins and then they send that collection or sends that, that judgment, uh, that, that judgment order over to like a third party debt collector to pursue collection efforts, um, that judgment date has to also be provided to the debt collector before they can collect. Uh, again, a lot of dates have to be provided. So this is only applicable if the consumer ends up losing in court and has a judgment filed against them for a debt that they have to be paid back. So we have these dates that have to be provided to a debt collector so they can put on the validation notice and then pursue collection efforts. This was not the case and it's not the case right now, but on November 29, November 30th, when this kicks in, it is going to be the case. And you can see a lot of debt collectors are kind of freaking out. They're not sure what's going to happen here. You even have original creditors that don't even want to give this information to debt collectors. So some things are going to shake up. Things are going to get a little, little tricky here, a little dicey in this uh, consumer debt space in the next month or two you know, to come. Also, the CPB is wanting the debt collectors to, to do a couple of more, more things. So they want debt collectors to provide consumer also the name of the original creditor to whom the debt was owed. That shouldn't be a big issue. Uh, the amount of debt on the itemization date, that may be a problem. Uh, the amount of any fees, charges, interest, credits, payments, refunds, or adjustments applied after the itemization date. So that could be a little challenging to get. And so if the model validation notice does not have all this information, the debt collector might, may find themselves subject to you know, a, a complaint or even a lawsuit from the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Again, now you can see why a lot of debt collectors are like, man, this is a lot. I don't know about this. A lot of original creditors are kind of saying the same thing, you know, because, you know, they don't want to, you know, have to do more work here. So they're still trying to figure it out. We'll see if they have it figured out. But this is a lot for for a collection agency to to provide and get before they can pursue collection efforts. They can really open themselves up to class action lawsuits and a lot of personal individual uh, civil lawsuits uh, against them. And this is why they're kind of, you know, trying to figure this out and see, is it even worth it trying to collect on these types of debts with all these things having to be, you know, provided beforehand. So basically this looks like it would be a feeding frenzy for consumer debt attorneys. You know, once this goes into effect, it, it, it could be a big moneymaker for, for these attorneys because there's probably going to be a lot of debt collectors that are going to slip up uh, here. And so that really means that, that, you know, debt collectors have really two choices here. You know, they can continue as is and just kind of wing it as they go and just deal with the consequences after that. Um, or, you know, hopefully they have some things in, in motion with their with their original creditors, basically their clients to where they are going to get that information. Hopefully they got that that figured out um, or they may have to stop collecting on November 30th once regulation uh, F goes into effect because it's going to be a lot of landmines that they're going to have to walk over and potentially can, can blow up in their face. So, you know, those are some real choices that that debt collectors are going to have to make here in the next month or two.
So what does this mean to the consumer, right? You may be watching this and thinking, you know, good, this is good because I hate debt collectors and they're going to get out of business and this is this is good. I can't wait for this to happen. You got to look at uh, you got to also look at it from 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 a different perspective. What does this mean to the average consumer? Um, and you should really think about this. It should not make you happy and think it's going to be easier for you to take on debt, not pay it back and you not know, to worry about any of that stuff. Um, you know, there's going to be some 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 things that will happen to the average consumer because it's going to be harder for creditors to try to recover any unpaid debt. You know, and so if, if let's just say the collection agency were to go away, which I don't think it will, but let's just say this is enough to scare them out of business. Here's what here's what could happen. So creditors will will keep their collection efforts in-house likely, and they don't have the resources and the time to aggressively pursue collections themselves. They like to just get write it off as a law, as a loss, give it to somebody else to deal with, and if they recover something, that's a little bonus, you know, for them. They rather sell it or sign it. They usually don't want to deal with it in-house. Think about the fact that it's hard for a lot of these 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 banks to find people to fill these roles, these jobs, and a lot of them have outsourced this stuff overseas and you know getting cheaper cheaper work labor um, in different different countries. So I don't see them increasing their collection efforts in house and just doing away with the third party debt collectors because they don't want to they don't want to deal with all that that information they have to provide. Um, so I don't see that happening. I would probably say the legal department of original creditors. Um, you know, the big banks, I see that probably increasing to where if a consumer doesn't pay their debt over like a maybe at the charge off date or a little bit later, I can and I can see an increase in judgments, you know, lawsuits being filed against the debtor. I can see that actually happening. Um, I think that the loss that the bank would incur from not having to engage with third party debt collectors. You know, the bank's not in the business to lose money. They're in the business to make money. So more than likely, all that lost revenue is going to be rolled into the consumer one way or the other. I think that that big banks and creditors are going to probably make it harder for consumers to get credit uh, because, you know, one of their, you know, big, big revenue uh, areas, which is which is, you know, collection agencies that's been been taken away. So I think that because they don't have that avenue to to help collect uncollectible debt or, or lost revenue, that the bank's going to probably tighten up on their score models and and and. and tighten up on their lending a bit so I can see, you know, fewer and fewer consumers getting credit who normally would, you can probably start to see that sort of diminish because the banks are going to probably tighten up and not lend as loose as they as they have been. Um, and then, of course, with with consumers having trouble getting credit, that's going to slow down the economy, fewer people buying houses, cars, getting credit cards, it's going to slow down the economy um, to some degree. Because, you know, you're going to have a, a lack of people, you know, buying credit. I don't mean to be all, you know, gloom and, and doom with this. Maybe this won't happen. I don't know. But I'm just looking at it from a, from a perspective of what if the debt collection agency went away. And as an advocate, you know, someone who, who is all about the consumer and helping them restore their credit and, and many times, you know, helping them enforce their rights against collection agencies and, and things like that. You would think that I would want this. I don't. I don't want to see, 
you know, someone go out of business because of a regulator. I don't like to see that. I I, I like to I like to play ball. Like you know, if, if it, it's if if you know if the consumer has rights, which they do, and there's a entity out there that's infringing upon that, I like to be you know the individual, the entity that's helping the consumers understand their rights. And you know, let's let's keep the regulators out of this because they screw everything up. And and let's deal with it ourselves, right? Let's empower the consumer. Let's educate the consumer more. Let's get them smarter and smarter on how credit works. That's what I'm all about. That's what I'm for. Less regulation, more empowerment. And I can see this going, you know, the opposite direction if it goes into effect for one, which looks like it is. And two, if the collection agencies are not prepared and don't know how to deal with it and they end up just walking away. Okay, guys, well, that is my time today. Do me a favor. If you like today's topic, if you like the content, give me a big thumbs up. Really do appreciate that. Also, let me know what your opinion is on debt collection agency is going away. Do you think that's good or bad? Let me know in the comments below what your opinion is. And lastly, if you are in the market of, you know, or in the process of trying to rebuild your credit, you want to restore it or rebuild it, uh, click on the link in my bio. I have a very helpful course, a do-it-yourself credit repair course. You can, you know, learn from, from you know, an expert like myself and many experts I engage with. Basically, everything we do at my credit repair company, the credit agents, everything we do there consolidated all of that into a do-it-yourself course, 97 bucks. You can't really beat that. You get letter templates, training videos, a lot of helpful resources and you know tutorials on how to restore your own credit. So if you don't have the time, the money, you don't want to hire someone, you want to do it yourself, you want to do it right, click on the link in my bio to, to learn more. Other than that, again, thank you all for, for joining in today. Again, I am yours truly, Joe Chavaria. This has been another episode of the Joe Credit Show. I'll see you guys next time. Take care.